Welcome back to Daily Devoted with me, Shaq Canyon. Uh, thank you for joining me as we continue uh, this mini-series. We're looking at Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And you might recall that I mentioned uh, that this is the passage that I uh, first started memorizing and meditating upon a few years ago when I took that dis- that spiritual discipline upon myself. And it worked wonders for me. So I thought uh, it, it might be good to revisit that again and kind of share my insights uh, with you as you're meditating on your own passages. And and I hope uh, that you are experiencing some really insightful things as you roll these passages of scripture uh, over in your mind. Uh, By the way, uh, I mentioned in the previous episode that uh, Braze 4 is meditating on Psalm 103. And now I just learned that Banks 5, I see these on Spotify, by the way, that's where I asked the question. Banks 5 is meditating on Romans chapter 12, verses one through two. And that's, man, that's such a good one. Two short verses, but it it contains so much. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, listen, what would happen if every disciple began their day like that? If we decided today I am going to present my body, my members to God as a sacrifice. You know, a sacrifice is something that's that's dead. And at that point, it's up to the person who it's been sacrificed to to decide how to use it. Man, life would look different. But this is not a, an episode about Romans 12, one through two. This is about Colossians three. And we're going to be looking at verse five through eleven. So in the previous episode, Paul laid this foundation of who we are in Christ. Our lives are are partnered or hid uh, with Christ in God, as he says in a different uh, scripture. Um, And so he lays this foundation that since we have the eternal kind of life, uh, we need to set our mind on things above. We need to be thinking about what Jesus is doing and thinking about ways we can um, partner with Jesus as he's doing his work. So that is the big picture. That's the vision of who we are. That's who we are by faith. And that's who we are in reality. Even if we can't see it, even if you look around right now and it's like, well, it doesn't look like I'm seated in in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It looks like I'm in my office. I'm in my pajamas right now. You know, I'm looking at all these, uh, you know, these problems going on in my family and I got bills doing all this. It certainly doesn't seem like I'm at the right hand of God with Jesus Christ. But Paul's saying, despite what you see with your natural eyes, if you look with the eyes of faith, that's who you are. And so now he wants to help us be who we are, right? So he, be, he begins with the big vision. This is who you are. And now I need to help you be who you are. And I, I was thinking about when I, um, for those of you who don't know, I was in the Marine Corps. And a lot of people think that you become a Marine or you become a soldier at the end of boot camp. But really, contractually, as soon as you sign that contract and land at, for me, it was Paris Island, I was a Marine. The process of boot camp was helping me become a Marine. So I was on paper a Marine. If if I didn't finish boot camp, I'd still have a service record. But the process of that three months was helping me be who I was or helping me uh, fill out the suit that I was wearing, as it were. And that's what Paul is now doing for us. And as he continues working his way through Colossians three, he's helping us become who we are. And the process that he uh, suggests to us isn't by adding a bunch of stuff. 
You know, unfortunately, that's what a bunch of Christians do. You become a Christian and and I understand um, you think like, okay, I got this new life in Christ. What should I do? And then what unfortunately what people begin thinking about doing is adding a bunch of Christian activities. So they're at every Bible study. They're at every prayer service. They don't miss a Sunday. They're doing a whole bunch of Christian things, which is great, which is great. But Paul points in another direction. Look at what he says. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. So he's not recommending that you add a bunch of external things to your life, but he's recommending an interior kind of work. This reminds me of one of my favorite passages in Psalm 139. Uh, that's that passage that begins with um, uh, with with David saying, you know, uh, where can I go to escape your presence? And here's how it ends. It ends with David saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. So what's he talking about? He's talking about doing this interior work in partnership with the Holy Spirit because he knows that the thrust of his life comes from within. That's why it says in Proverbs, uh, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life or out of your heart, out of your inner being flows everything that you do. So this is an important work that needs to happen within. In fact, in Jesus's um, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter seven, he ends that by alluding to the same thing. So he says, those who hear my word and put them to practice will be like a wise man or a foolish man. What did the foolish man do? Well, the foolish man, he started building, but he started building in what direction? Well, he found a sandy plot, you know. He's like, oh, man, the hurricane done wiped everything away. Now this thing is wide open and he just starts building upwards on the sand. What does the wise man do? The wise man finds this rock. The digging is going to be hard and laborious and backbreaking, but he begins building down. He begins removing stuff so that there's space for his new life in Christ to be erected in such a way that it's built on a firm foundation that could withstand the storms of life. That's what Paul is recommending here. Based on the vision of who we are in Christ, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in us, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because on the count of these, he said, the wrath of God is coming. Now, let me just pause right there. A lot of people have a misunderstood notion of God's wrath. They think that God's wrath is like an angry outburst. Like the old man who sits on his porch uh, right after school gets out and we all know why he's there not to enjoy the weather, not to not to praise God for the young kids and to ask God to bless them. But he's cut his grass that day and there's going to be hell to pay if one of those young kids puts even one tiny sneaker on the blade of grass. He's going to have an outburst. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that that's what God is like and that's what God's wrath is. That God has like a Sauron from Lord of the Rings kind of eye that's roaming around the whole earth just waiting for somebody to say a cuss word or waiting for somebody to steal or lie so he can send a bolt of wrath in their direction to warn them to never do it again. That's not what God is like, okay? God is not watching and waiting for you to sin so that he can punish you. So what is God's wrath like? Well, Here's here's an, an example that I often use. 
every now and again, we may be in a pinch, right? And um, you might have to screw something in. And, and indeed, I remember one time I had to screw in, I think it was uh, one of the screws underneath a chair. Uh, you know, you have to tighten those things every now and again. I didn't have my flathead. Well, so what did I have? Well, I had a butter knife and I had a nickel. So I get under there and I'm screwing, I'm screwing, I'm screwing. And man, you know that muscle between your your uh, your thumb and, and the next finger, that muscle like that's right between where that flap of skin is. That thing starts hurting when you use a nickel or a butter knife. Why does it hurt? Well, it hurts because you're gripping something in a way that leads towards pain and suffering. That's what wrath is like. The wrath that I experience is using a knife to do something that it wasn't intended to do. It's using a nickel to do something that it wasn't intended to do. And I experience the pain because of it. So then when we experience the wrath of God, we're using something in a way that God didn't intend for us to use it. What things like what? Well, things like sexual immorality. God has his intention of how sex is to be used. He gave sex as a gift to uh, to human beings in a way that could bring forth life and flourishing and strengthen relationships. But we we see the breakdown. And I know this is a controversial subject, but we see and we all know the breakdown that happens when a sexual relationship doesn't take place in the way that God ordained it. We all know the psychological drama, the mental health breakdown and all these things that are connected uh, to that misuse of a gift that God has given. We all know, for example, Paul goes on to say in verse uh, seven, in these things you used to once walk when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander. Why does he mention these things? Well, he mentions them because people began using and we still do. We begin using something like anger as a way to get through life. We think that we have to be mad and we have to have an outburst to get our way. Because what is anger? Well, anger is something that happens to warn you that you're not getting your way. You know, so anger in and of itself is a good thing. But its goodness is in alerting you that something's taking place. But what we've learned to do as a culture is use anger to then respond to somebody. And you, we all know how it is when you respond in anger. You know, maybe you're disciplining your kid and you're you're hot and you decide in that moment to march into their room and give them a piece of your mind. Well, you give them a piece of your mind and in many cases you give them something else, right? That you end up having to apologize for. Why? Because you did it in anger. And so Paul is like, listen, what you experience when you use something that God gave that was meant to be good, but you use it in ways that God didn't attend, what you experience on the back end is God's wrath. So put them all away. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self. This is verse nine with its practices. And then verse 10, he begins to make the turn force and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So that paints a picture for us then of how to put put off the old man and put on the new man. We put off the old man by digging deep with the presence of the Holy Spirit to identify those places in our lives that need to be to go. that need to be transformed in order that we can become who we are and we become who we are. How? By looking at Jesus. 
That's what it means in verse, uh, what was that verse? Okay, verse nine, I just read it. We've put off the old self with its practices and we put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So in other words, Jesus Christ is our mirror, you know? And uh, imagine like you see an image of Christ and you're just trying to dress, and this is a stupid example, you're just trying to look as much as uh, as he uh, as close to him as possible, you know, which is I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they never said what kind of haircut Jesus had. I mean, imagine all the people out there ridiculously trying to imitate Jesus in that way. But this is what Paul's talking about. We're renewed and we put on the new self as we look at Jesus, as the vision of Jesus takes a hold of our mind. That's when we begin to put on this new self and become who we are. And in that space, we get our new identity that doesn't consist in um, verse 11. Oh, I'm Greek or I'm Jewish or I'm circumcised. No, I'm uncircumcised. I'm barbarian, Scythian, slave and, or free. But our new self is I'm Christ's. I belong to Jesus Christ. And so that's where we begin to um, really live in our new identity as that interior work takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit. And spiritual disciplines and obedience uh, will be involved in that process. I can tell you that part of the process of breaking free from uh, sexual immorality and greed and and uh, and evil desires and anger, it will include the use of the discipline of fasting, solitude and silence and many other disciplines, scripture reading and memorization as we're doing right now so that you can present your mind before your mind a new kind of reality that will recommend new ways of responding to the impulses that come in this life. So uh, you guys see why I love this passage. It's so rich. It's so rich. And I'm, I'm going to force myself to stop because I'm, I'm nearing the 15 minute mark. Continue memorizing or, and meditating upon the passage of scripture that God has given you. If you're, if you're looking at Colossians three, one through 17, uh, then I'd, I'd love to hear what insights you have. So, um, yeah, I'm, the question on Spotify today will be, what insights are you gaining from the passage of scripture that you're meditating on? If you haven't uh, yet indicated which one you're meditating on, you can leave that and then leave a line or two if you want to. But let me say a prayer for you real quick. Heavenly Father, in your word, it says that uh, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I think we saw a glimpse of that today. Help us, God, not only know your word informationally, but help us see how your word is knowledge that can help us live well, that can help us become who we are in you so that as we become who we are in you, your light can shine in us and through us to a world that's still in darkness so that they can see Jesus Christ and come to him. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. God bless you, sisters and brothers. I will see you next time. Peace.